Good evening, church. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. My name is Colin, the pulpit minister here at Central Church of Christ. And this is Dan Spade. He's one of our elders. And here at Central Church of Christ, it's our mission to be God's heart and hands in this community and beyond. If you'd like to learn more about what that means, I want to encourage you to head over to our website at www.churchvictoria.com. This is our Wednesday evening conversation through the law and the prophets where we open up the Old Testament. We move through the narrative and the text and we see how it impacts us today as the church and how it how that text connects to Jesus. Um, if you're listening Listening to this on the Heart and Heads podcast. I want to thank you so much for joining us. If you're watching this on YouTube, make sure you're subscribed to the channel and you have the bell turned on so you get notified every time we upload a video. And if you're watching this on Facebook, make sure to like and share. That really helps us out. And make sure to comment down below. Um, if this ministry has blessed you or you'd like to partner with us in this ministry, I want, I want to encourage you to head over to that website. At the top of the page, we have a donate button that uh, take, will take you to PayPal, and you can partner with us as we seek to teach and preach the gospel. Uh, we're going to pray and get into the lesson. Again, church, thank you so much for joining us. All right. Okay, let's pray. <laughs> Father in heaven, thank you so much for the opportunity we have to be here uh, and to study your word again, we pray your blessings upon our, our listeners, those who, will, who will, will listen whenever that will be. And we pray, Father, that you continue to bless them through the, through the study and learning and, and growing from, the, from understanding the word. Uh, thank you, Father, for your watch and your care over us. Uh, we're constantly amazed at how you work in, in our lives and how you, the things that you pull off that, that are just are amazing to us. And we just can't say thank you enough. Father, bless us as a church. Bless us as we continue to strive to spread the gospel uh, through a lost and dying world. Help us to do that with the with the with a love and a concern and an empathy that you that you have for people. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, we're going to be in Numbers twenty one today, yeah. and uh, as we've as we've said multiple times, this is not a verse by verse no. study. Well, we we did it that way for a long time, and it may it look may it look like that, but you know, there's some things that that we'll we'll get to, we'll come back to because it's, we're going to cover it down the road. You know, like what's happening in 20, we'll come back to it later on uh, when we talk about the Edomites and talk about Edom and that kind of stuff. And, and uh, you know, we've been we've been talking about rebellion. We've been talking about the punishment. That's what we've been talking about for the last, you know, four or five weeks. And uh, and this in 21 kind of goes along with that. You know what? Here's another event, what they do right. and, and what happens to them. And uh, and and we'll get to see in this one how this really doesn't leave them. I mean, the, the way people process, you know, punishment from God, it doesn't never leave us sometimes. Sometimes sometimes we deserve to get punished over and over and over again because we just can't let it go. You know, we just can't. And th that's going to be the situation here. Yeah, What's going to happen with these people? The remarkable thing is, is you know, people, people, especially when they're studying, you know, God in the Old Testament, right? It's a constant complaint. Well, God, he just kills everybody. I'm like, well, actually... Um, he has every right to kill everybody, and he doesn't. Yeah, it's it's what's remarkable about about God is not that, especially I mean, looking at it in the Old Testament, it's not that he kills anybody or that he holds people accountable because that's really what what's what's meant, right? He's not murdering people; no. he's killing people no. um, because of their sin, because of because of the judgment that is due them. Um, but what's really remarkable about God is that he's he doesn't kill everybody. It's that he's very patient, that he doesn't destroy everybody, no. that he relents in the in the judgment that he ought to bring. In fact, what I would I would argue that really you learn about the love and the patience and the mission of God more so in the Old Testament than you do the New Testament. In the New Testament, it's 
the victory. It's his, it's what he's been working towards and it comes to fruition. But in the Old Testament, it's, I mean, really, you learn just how patient God is. Well, when you talk about God's love, uh-huh. God, God loves so completely. We can't even comprehend this kind of love. No. And, and God loves so completely and he loves his creation so completely. He's going to give us a choice. He gives us a choice. Mm-hmm. Everybody here that we've been reading about it has a choice. He wants us to choose him, but he loves us enough not to force us. He's not going to force us. He's not going to force us to spend eternity with him. If we don't want to spend, if we don't want to live for him, then he's not going to force us to spend eternity with him. That's right. He's going to he's going to give us the choice to do what we want. People say, "Well, you can force you to go." What? What? That's not love. Forcing your wife to do something is not love. No. Forcing your children to do that. That's not love. You know, let, uh, giving them parameters, yep. teaching them how to be stay within the parameters, yep. and then punishing them when they get outside the parameters, that's love. Yep. Our world has a twisted view of love. Oh, yeah. they have a, so, so because of that, they have a twisted view of God. They bring God in the mix and say, well, I would never serve a God who murders people well, like he does. Well, congratulations, because he's not going to make you do it. He's not going to make you do he's it. He's not going to make you do it. That, and you, you're going to get your wish. You're going to get exactly you're, what you he's want. Gonna, you know, look at the two thieves <laughs> on the cross. You know, he gave them both. They both were, they both, one was on the right, one was on the left. Of the In the center was who? The Son of God. One saw it, one wouldn't, wouldn't look at it. He's not going to say, you need to look at it and, and prove it to him. No. What did that guy say? He said, why don't you get us both? If you're the son of God, why don't you get us both that all yeah, of us He down? joined in the ridiculing. Yeah. Yeah. He joined in that. And, okay. and the other guy said, you need to knock it off, man. We deserve to be here. Yeah, we deserve it. He doesn't. We deserve, yeah, he don't deserve to be here. We deserve to be here. Yeah. And so you let, listen to that and say, there's Jesus giving these two guys choice. That's right. One chooses life, one chooses death. Yeah. When we get to Deuteronomy, you're going to see God's going to spend two or three chapters. He's going to say, I'm pleading with you. I'm pleading with you. Here's this. Here's what happens if you do this. Here's what happens if you do this. Choose life. Yeah. He begs them, choose life. If you look at, that's a very little, he says, now choose life. It's a very little text. He says, now choose life. Because he wants us to, he wants us to be with him because we're his creation. But we're not going to choose that all the time. And people that say, well, I'd never serve it. And God said, fine, I'm not going to make you. I won't make you. Uh, yeah, the, the problem is that people don't understand that the things that we want in life, you know, peace, mm-hmm. security, uh, mm-hmm. love, you know, uh, compassion, all of those things we want, they come from God. They come from God. Mm-hmm. And so if you want those things, you have to go to God. You can't have those things without God yeah. because they originate in him. Yeah. If you choose rebellion, then you're choosing what originates in rebellion, which what originates in rebellion is darkness, chaos, frustration, anger, uh, rage, anger fear. rage, you know, fear. All of those things originate, it was selfishness. I want to say anger, but selfishness, mm-hmm. right? That that frustration that comes from the, the that frustration and anger that comes from mm-hmm. ambition being thwarted, right? All yeah. of that stuff comes from the enemy, you know? So if you choose, a, look guys, life, mm-hmm. God is the author of life. Go back and read Genesis 1 and don't read it from the perspective of, well, you know, creationism is true. Read it from the perspective of what God is actually saying here. I am the author of life. Mm-hmm. I can take from the chaos and make dry land that you can stand on. Yeah, That's the point. I'm the one who brings this. I am the life bringer. So when you reject God, you are choosing death. Mm-hmm. And it's just that simple. 
Yeah. It's just that simple. That's exactly well, what Korah found in out. the Old Testament. You know, Moses found it out. He watched it over and over and over. God gave him. He here's little children. He brought them up out of Egypt. You know, you took two little children, took them out of chaos, and brought them into your home. That's right. It was no different than Moses taking the children out of Israel. That's exactly what you did. You were their Moses in a sense, mm. in a small sense. You were their Moses and brought them into a into a in a, into a world flowing with milk and honey. Mm. They have no clue, none. I'm not. I'm not sure they would characterize. <laughs> Is it that way? Well, I'm not sure the Israelites characterize it that way either. Yeah, How many no. times they say, well, let's go back. We want to go back. You know, your kids oh, may man. get mad at you and say, I, I don't want to stay here. The the older one, the older son that we adopted, you know, we, we do corporal punishment. Mm -hmm. You know, we do we do corporal discipline and we hold them to standards. And if they violate the standards, they are, mm -hmm. you know, at a certain age. And, and the goal is to get off of that. It's mm -hmm. not. It, well, it's, you said to me the other day that your oldest son, that you don't do that anymore. We, we've pretty much moved away from yeah. He's at a point where, you know, the consequences have changed, right? Mm -hmm. It's no longer, we don't, we don't see any use. He's old enough to understand where it doesn't, it doesn't require painful stimuli yeah. for him to, to do what he needs to yeah. do, right? So, but the, but the, the oldest one that we adopted, you know, we still, we still give pow pows because that's the, that's the best corrective punishment that we can do, right? Mm -hmm. He, because I mean, quite frankly, when we first got him, he did things, he consistently made decisions that were dangerous for him, right? He would, he played with an electrical socket one time, you know, and of course he's been told not to do that. And when they're in the foster system, you can't use physical discipline. So we, we're kind of stuck. We're kind of limited in what we can do. Uh, we're, we're limited. And the reality is this, you're limited to unproven and in honestly more detrimental discipline styles than if you just did corporal discipline. Mm -hmm. Time out, guys, is way worse than corporal discipline. Mm -hmm. It takes a lot longer. You're isolating a child. It, it actually has a lot of negative ramifications. And it's quite unproven. There aren't any studies to indicate that that separation and isolation are better than corporal discipline. And I, I would actually argue that it's quite the, quite oh, I think the opposite. There is, I think there is studies that say, that say that it doesn't work. It not, not only that it doesn't work, but it's more detrimental. Because think of it this way. Solitary confinement is one of the worst things you can do to a person. Well, Isolating them from the community and putting think, them alone. Think about this way, Cole. I think that it's proven that, that isolating timeout doesn't work. If it did, God would have used it. Right. And he didn't. No. He said, you spare the rod, you spoil the child. So... What with us, we were our hands were tied mm -hmm. until we were until he was adopted. Once he was adopted, and we have to be careful, right? Because he's also been through trauma. So we, mm -hmm. you have to be very careful sure. how you implement it, sure. when you implement it, how how you do it matters, mm -hmm. right? And so, but for him, a couple of times he has said, "I wish I I wish I was with the other people." You know, I just wish I was because we were we were mm -hmm. probably like the eighth family he was with mm -hmm. in in two years. Wow. In, in two years or three years that he was in the system, he was never with another family for more than, I think, three months was the longest he was with somebody else, if if memory serves. Somebody that wasn't family. He went, I think he went to their grandmother first and he was with them for six months. But then other than that, it was every three months they'd jump. And of course, we have the records. He's he's He was a child. He's unaware of it. But over and over and over again, these other foster families kicked him back to the curb. Because they refused, they they couldn't deal with his behaviors. They just couldn't deal with him, and so, you know, now from the time that we've adopted him to now, his behavior has improved dramatically. Mm -hmm. He's reading, he's counting, he's doing. He's totally caught up now in school. In fact, he's he's getting ahead now. 
Um, I mean, the changes are dramatic. But for him, he doesn't like the spankings. He doesn't like well, that corporal not. discipline. He hate he hates that. And it's like we've we've we had a, we've had several conversations about no, this is yeah. love yeah. because the people before that you were with, where are they now? And we've we've talked about it. We've had conversations mm-hmm. with him. Sam down and said, "Look, son, mm-hmm. this is the fact. Those people yeah. didn't love you. Yeah. They got rid of you. Mm-hmm. They got rid of." We love you. We're not getting rid of you. We're not going anywhere. We're here to help you. And it's it's had such a major impact on and, him. And I think at some point these people are gonna are gonna start to get it. Some of them will anyway. Let's 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 look at it. We're gonna we're gonna start in verse four. Well the entire generation dies You have to have an entire generation. Well they gonna they will die. The yeah, children get it. They will. And then they won't get it either then. Well then they're gonna fall in the same hole. They're gonna fall yeah. because because they're gonna do when we're gonna read a little bit. We're going to read about this, and we're going to go in. This is not them anymore that we're going to read about in a minute. It's going to be the children. This this generation that's under them, though, I would say is probably the only generation of Israelites that that tried. Yeah, they did. They did. Tried. And, and we're somewhat It successful. didn't last long. It didn't last long. No. It didn't last long. It didn't last long. Because you're going to see what they've done. Now, let's, let's read it. Let's start in verse 4. They traveled from Mount Hor along the route to the Red Sea to go around Edom. But the people grew impatient on the way. They spoke against God and against Moses and said, Why have you brought us up out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? There is no bread, there is no water, and we detest this miserable food. <laughs> That's the greatest hits. <laughs> the classic. It sounds it sounds like a broken record. Yeah, so they're wandering in the desert for about 38 years. They've been in the wilderness total since they left Egypt 40. But <laughs> it's just this just did, did they have they did they not realize the last time they said this it didn't work? People died the last time they said this. They they didn't get it. You know, I mean, it, it boggles it, my mind. Is it sadists or masochists that that love receiving pain? Masochists, masochists, right? Okay, so maybe they're just masochists. I, you know, man. I mean, I mean, <laughs> you, you look at me. You got to say, how ignorant are you? It's unreal. It's unbelievable. But you know what? I look at our world today, and look at and I look at our people. And I look at people. I was like, we're not any different. We're just no. as ignorant as they are. Yeah. We do some of the same dumb stuff that they do. You know, we, we continue to do the things that God tells us not to do. Yeah. And we say, well, I really want to do this. What's well, the definition of insanity, right? Yeah. You keep doing the same thing over and over again, expecting think a, you'll get a different result. Yeah. It's not going to, nothing's going to change. Yeah. It's, go, it's always going to be the same. Yeah, I don't understand. So, I mean, you know, and they, you know, and they, and they just, what do they think the response is going to be? What, what, do they, what do they think? They think that, that there's going to be no response to this. God, I mean, they just watched the ground open up and swallow over three hundred, around three hundred people. Well, and we don't right. So the timeline is all all messed. We don't actually know how long between these rebellions. No, we don't. We yeah. don't. But they have seen, they have seen a major. I mean, death. So again, let's frame this correctly, right? They're walking behind. They're marching behind a pillar of fire or a pillar of smoke, depending on if it's day yeah. or night, yeah. right? Their leader's face glows with divine radiance to the point that he's got to hide himself, yep. right? Um, they've got these staves they're walking around with some butted, some not, right? So they know they can... Lots of indications on who's leading this thing, right? Um, you know, they have watched, as you pointed out, because, I mean, I don't know how many... I don't know how many times... 
Like I've never seen a sinkhole in person, right? Mm -hmm. But I imagine if I did, it would have like lasting impact on me. Mm -hmm. So I don't know how long it's been since Korra was swallowed by the earth, mm -hmm. but that's not something that I would need ha to happen a lot it, for me it, to it come is, along. You know, It is about ignoring evidence. We do that a lot. Yeah. I remember a time we were going to go hunting, my father and I. And I don't remember if it was me and my father and my brother. I don't remember who it was. Anyway, we were going to go. We were going to go deer hunting, and, and we'd we'd gotten a, a, a reservations at a day lease. And back in my when I was younger, you could go to places and get a day lease. You could go for thirty dollars a day and go shoot. And if you went to a place, uh, the better places you got cost more money. And some places would guarantee you a shot at a deer. That's how many deer were there. And, and we were going to go to this place in between San Antonio and Braunfels. And it was a, it was a, uh, a, a good place. It was, it was a you know, place that, that, uh, they didn't hunt a lot of guys at one time. It was a pretty big place. And it started raining the day before we were going opening morning, opening morning, best time. You, you just don't get those opportunities. We, you had to take a two day hunt and you could, and you had, you could kill two deer. Each person could kill two deer. So it started raining that afternoon before, and it rained, 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 and it rained. And we drove all the way over there. It's like three o'clock in the morning, and we and we get and this this to go up to this place. There's a creek that you have to cross the creek. No water in the creek until that day. That day it was a it was a it was insane. And uh, I don't know which one of us was is, was more ignorant, me or my father. But one of us said, oh, I think we can make it. If we had tried that and ignored the evidences of, of all the past people, they'll tell you in San Antonio, you go, if you go into high water, you go into it at your own risk. We're not coming for you. You know, they've said that before. Yeah. You know, because... You know, if we put up a sign that says, do not go in here and you go in it anyway, you're going to die. You know, people don't, they ignore the evidence of what's happened before. If you look at, I mean, I look at that thing and, and I, and we called the guy, you know, we had to go all the way home because we didn't have cell phones. That was way before then. We had went home and the guy said, I was hoping you guys weren't going to try that. <laughs> he said, nobody else, the only guys that were there were the guys that came the day before at camp there. And we were coming in that, that morning and, uh, you know, he gave us another day during the, during the year to, to, you know, gave us our money back and everything. But the, the evidence of what was going on there was don't do this. Don't yeah. do that. And do we that. didn't ignore that evidence. Right. We didn't ignore it that day, but there's been a lot of times when I have, I've ignored the evidence around me mm. and said, this is not smart. Don't do this. And you did it and it wasn't smart and it didn't turn out well. Mm. You know, these guys, they have seen what the evidence is. What's the evidence? Dead bodies. I don't care what the chronology is. Yeah. They've seen dead bodies. Oh, yeah. yeah. They've seen dead bodies lately. Mm -hmm. And they've seen bodies dead that they didn't see because the earth swallowed them up. Right. I don't know when that was, mm -hmm. but they've seen that. And, it's in, and yet here we are again saying the same stupid stuff, doing the same stupid stuff, ignorant stuff, and expecting I don't know what. You know, one, one of the things that's occurred to me is someone may be listening to this or reading through this section and go, well, you know, 
God's already said they're all going to die in the wilderness. Mm -hmm. So this is just God carrying out his punishment. You know, maybe God even incited them, right? Mm -hmm. Like he did Pharaoh. Well, hold on. Let's, let's talk about something. What does God tell Jeremiah? When God tells Jeremiah, you go and you preach destruction to all these nations. What does he tell Jeremiah before? I can't remember if it's before or after he sends him out to do it. What does he tell him? He says, if the nation repents and turns, is it not right for me to relent in the destruction I had planned for it? But if a nation that I had promised, and I'm, I'm paraphrasing here, yeah. but he basically tells Jeremiah, but if a nation that I had promised to do good towards all of a sudden changes and starts do doing evil, am I not right in bringing justice to it? Mm -hmm. So what, what, do you think, what, do you, what do you think would happen had these people turned and repented? He would have, he would have relented. He would have relented. He would have, because he, the evidence proves that he would have, because he's done it before. And, and this is, and this is, this is what I, what I, I want to kind of want to challenge people in. You know, we, we have this. There's this predestination teaching out there that mm -hmm. says, well, God chose in the beginning of time who's going to be saved and who's going to be damned, and the people who are damned can't. That's nonsense. Mm -hmm. That's nonsense. It's a misunderstanding of the concept of predestination. I, I do not believe Calvin got that right. I think he got it wrong. Mm -hmm. I think Calvin got a lot of other things right. I think Calvin was doing the best he could with the information that he had at the time. But I do not, I think he really messed up on this predestination thing. And there were guys during his time that thought that too. Ar Arminian, a guy who came along later, disagreed. Now, I disagree with Ar Arminian on some things. But my point is this. What does the book show over and over and over again? God looks at Cain and says, Look, sin's crouching at the door here. Its desire is for you. You must master it. Mm -hmm. He didn't tell Cain that as a temptation. No. He told King Saul, he promised King Saul, if you turn and obey and do the things I'm telling you to do, yeah. I will enshrine your household over Israel. Yeah. Yeah. Hold on here. These aren't empty promises from God. No. No, okay. No, they're not. God wants, what are we seeing over and over and over again? God wants us to choose life. If yeah. the Israelites had turned and repented mm -hmm. and done the right thing, mm -hmm. Yeah. Look at, let's look at what happens. Then the Lord sent venomous snakes among them. They bit the people and many Israelites died. They came to Moses and said, we've sinned when we spoke against the Lord and against you. You think? Yeah. So right, what did I just say? I said, if they repent and they, what, and what happens? Look at what God's going to do. Mm -hmm. Look, finish it out. Finish it is out. It, what is God going to do? It, then the Lord said, and, and uh, uh, pray that the Lord will take away the snakes away from us. So M Moses prayed for the people. The Lord said to Moses, make a snake and put it on a pole. Anyone who is bitten can look at it and live. So Moses made a bronze snake, put it up on a pole. Then when someone was bitten by a snake and looked at the bronze snake, they lived. What did I just say? <laughs> that God would relent <laughs> if they repented. If, if they repented, God would uh, relent. Yep. Is that not right? Is, is, that, is that not right? What, what he said? You know, so, so what do they do? So what does he tell them to do? Make a bronze snake. And he's already told them, I'm going to give you guys craftsmen with the talent to do this stuff. Sure. You know, I look at it and say, make a bronze snake. What the heck? Well, how am I supposed to do that? I don't know how to do that. But there are guys there that can do that. So they make this bronze snake, put it on a pole. And they put it in the middle of the camp. And if a guy gets bit, have you ever gotten bit by a snake? No. I never have either. I've treated people who have. How's that? How, how's that work? I mean, how, how, how serious is that? Well, there's, I mean, there's no, literally nothing that could be done in the field. Like you, you need, if you get poisoned by a snake, if it bites you in envenomate, in, I can't say the word, 
if it's venom gets in you, the the only treatment is antivenom. Mm-hmm. The that's that's it. There's nothing. There's nothing in the field. You can't wrap a limb. In fact, wrapping a limb, like cutting off blood circulation to the limb, is hugely detrimental mm-hmm. because the poison doesn't travel through your bloodstream. It travels through your lymphatic system. So all and usually the the venom is uh, necro- it causes necrosis. I love that. I love sitting here studying with a guy that that's got so much knowledge that was a paramedic. Well, well, I mean, some of this stuff doesn't make sense unless you yeah. Unless you so know I mean, that there's stuff. there's really nothing that can be done other than anti venom. I mean, that's there is no field treatment like people talk about cutting the cutting the wound open and letting the venom come out stuff like that. But it, it really what, doesn't. What have you? What have you? Uh, uh, I mean, what, maybe if you're right on top of it, but I mean, wh- I mean, it tra- again, it travels through your lymphatic system. Remember, so there's it... certain kind of snakes that are really bad. Mm-hmm. Certain kind of snakes that aren't really bad. I mean, they bite sure. you. They're, they're, yeah. You know, I mean, a copperhead here in our country, in our in our area, it bites you. It's bad, but you're usually not going to die from it. And I've known guys that got bit by copperhead that didn't even go get any any of them, and they well because. Okay, so it's like better to get bit by a big snake, like an adult snake, than a baby snake. Mm. Because there's something called dry bite, right? Mm. The big snake can bite you and decide not to release Mm. venom, right? Mm -hmm. So if, if for whatever reason, if the snake decides that it's like a warning bite, Mm -hmm. um, and they, they don't, because it takes time to produce venom. So when the snake bites you with venom, it's done. It's it doesn't have venom for a couple of days. It takes a while to produce (laughs) that venom. So so sometimes a dry bite. Baby snakes, right? can't do that they don't have as fine control over it so if they bite they dump they dump all the venom they have yeah and so if a baby snake bites you it's a lot worse than if an adult snake bites you well i know i know a guy i know two guys i know four guys that got bit by snakes Mm -hmm. i know a guy guy that that picked up a copperhead trying to trying to impress his little boy and he had it 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 squirmed and it reached around and got him right there Mm -hmm. like that and uh, and he went to the hospital for three days. They gave him antivenom. I know of an old man that uh, that was uh, was uh, saning was was saning his his little tank. It was going dry, and he was saying it. And a water moccasin, you know, bit him right at the water line. Bit him. I think one thing over the water, one thing under the water. And uh, and he went to bed. He was sick for three days, and he got up and he was fine. Ne- never went to the hospital. Didn't even go to the hospital. Another guy I know got bit that was, that was here. He got bit by a rattlesnake, and uh, and they they gave him so much antivenom that they said if he ever gets bit again, he's done. They can't do anything for him again because they they didn't have enough. Anti- they had to they had to fly antivenom in because because they gave him vial after vial after vial. They said the snake was so big and it dumped so much venom in him. I think the bang marks were like were were over an inch apart. This was a big big and big it snake and it dumped it and it dumped his load. And, and he almost died. I mean, he almost died four or five times. I know of another guy that I, that I grew up with, and he was shredding at a, at a place in Pearsall or Pleasanton at his, grand, at his uncle's place, and he ran over a den of rattlesnakes. And there could be hundreds of rattlesnakes in there. And when he ran over that den, they all started coming out. So he, he drove down, got his uncles, they come, and they started killing all these snakes. And he stepped off the shredder, off the tractor, barefooted, and he stepped down at about a, at a snake, piece of a snake about that big, have the head and about that much of his body hit him. And, uh, and, uh, and he died a couple of times. Uh, you know, I have talked to him. What do you mean he died a couple of times? He died, he died in the hospital and they brought him back. And they brought he died, him back. brought him back. You know, he was, he was, he was, 
he was inside death's chamber a couple sure. of times. Uh, I saw his foot months and months and months later. Uh, that was nasty. That was nasty. You know, it was, it yeah. was, the doctor said that that snake was so mad and it, and it just, I mean, it just, eat, it just ate him. And, uh, uh, I talked to him a couple of years ago and he still has problems with his foot. And that's been 35, 40 years ago. He still has problems with his foot, still Seriously? leaks and drains, still leaks and drains, you know, and, and it's just nasty. These guys, what kind of snake, you know, they're, they're, I was going to say, we have water moccasins, coral snakes, copperheads and rattlesnakes in our country, in our area. And, uh, and a rattlesnake, uh, the, the Western Diamondback is probably the most deadly that we have. Timber rattler is, he, he's bad, but he's not as bad as a Western Diamondback. Uh, copperhead, coral snake is probably deadlier, but they have to chew on you to bite you. They can't just strike yeah, you. They don't, yeah, they don't have they don't, they don't do that. They, they have to chew on you. Yeah. So they have to get on a, on a, you know, like on here or something. And you got to be really stupid to get bit by a coral snake. Uh, these guys... They got cobras and mambas. Yep. The most deadly snakes around is a cobra. One of the most deadly. They can spit on you and kill you. <laughs> yeah. And these people are getting bit by six and seven, eight. I mean, I've seen, I've seen in the zoo, I've seen 10, 12 foot cobras that are, that are bigger around than your, than your forearm. They're freaking huge. Mm -hmm. And, and they got, they got massive fangs. These guys, the tour of it. And he said, make a snow, but make a snake, put it on a pole, and you'll be fine. <laughs> well, and it and they did, and they lived. I don't think this is a, an approved American medical. No, I don't think it's but I want you to turn to Second Kings 18. <laughs> all right. Just just for a second. We're gonna turn sorry about that, guys. I forgot to turn it off. Sorry. Anyway, it's a... uh I want you to look at chapter 18. This is Hezekiah, okay? Yeah. This is years and years and years and years and years and years and years later. This is this is generations later, okay? okay? I mean, listen to this. In the third year of Hosea, son of Ella, king of Israel, Hezekiah, son of Ahaz, king of Judah, began to reign. He was 25 years old when he became king, and he reigned in Jerusalem 29 years. His mother's name was Abijah, daughter of Zechariah. He did what was right in the eyes of the Lord, just as his father David had done. He removed all the high places, smashed the sacred stones, and cut down the Asherah poles. He broke into pieces the bronze snake. What? He broke into pieces the bronze snake Moses had made up for them at the time the Israelites had been had been burning incense to it. It was called Nehushtan. They named this thing snake. I, I, are you kidding me? Yep. They looked at this pole, this snake on a pole. They didn't worship God for it. They worshiped this pole, the snake on a pole. Have you lost your mind? Does this sound like us? I've, I have watched people. I have to bow down in front of a statue and kiss the feet of a statue. Are you lost? We, what I, is wrong with us? When I was in Mexico, they've got um, shrines all along the the mountain passes and uh of course it's they're they're christianized in, in fact i can't think of a, a better uh correlation or a better uh, better connection to this this is something that god gave mm -hmm. right 
He gave this to save them, mm-hmm. right? Okay, well, the apostles, and, and as the Catholic Church would say, the saints, right, mm-hmm. our brothers and sisters who have come before us who, who have been mm-hmm. um, awesome examples, mm-hmm. p- people that Paul might say, hey, set your eyes on someone like this, uh-huh. right, like he does with Timothy and Epaphroditus uh-huh. in Colossians. These are, these are brothers that should be remembered. Mary and her faith should be remembered. Mm-hmm. She is blessed, mm-hmm. and yet there's a... There's a whole tradition of Christianity, Catholic Church, that started cults around these people, yeah. and they worship them, and yeah. they pray to them. Never in the book anywhere. Never anywhere. Well, you see, yeah, you see people do it. You see no, people that, do it right that, it here. Was, that we were given the authority and the right to worship and honor these well, people. But, but I, I agree, but think about it. Think about it. It's the exact same thing that happened here. Yeah, it is. It it's is. the exact same it thing is. that happened here. God says, here, I'm giving you this. Look at it, and you will live. Don't bow down and worship it. Right? God gives us Mary, this awesome example of faith and dedication, this young girl who, who is the mother of our Lord. And what do people do with it? They turn her into a god, a goddess to I've worship. Heard, I have I have I have been a part of that. And I remember being taught that the only way to heaven was I had to pray to pray to her. The you know what the book says? The book says this, and you know what? Catholics teach that the Bible is the word of God. I wish they'd read it. I wish they read it. Because in Hebrews, what does it say? That we can enter in through who? Through Jesus. Jesus. Only way. Only way. Right? That Jesus mm-hmm. is our intercession. Right? He says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but, but I studied with, me. I studied with a priest uh, and uh, and tried to teach him the book. He, he didn't want to listen to it. No. No, he didn't want to, he didn't want he didn't want to hear that. And he's and he had a he had an argument for that. But I want to I, you know, we're gonna stop here, but I want to go into the New Testament because because Jesus says something about this snake. Yeah, he does. And I want to, and I want to go there. But that's where we'll start next week, and we'll, we'll finish that up and look at that. I want to, I want to go into John and and see what what is said about Jesus and about what we should be doing with him. All right. Uh, I, I wanted, I wanted to, I, I wanted to read that thing in Second Kings because when I saw it, when I was studying about Hezekiah, and I saw it. I'm thought these crazy nuts named this snake and worshipped it. But as you said, we do the same. Thing we do the today. same thing. We do the same thing. Let's pray, guys. Father in heaven, thank you so much for the opportunity and for the example of what of what we can see from the book. We can see what how the mistakes they made and know that, Father, we make the same ones. Father, I'm grateful that you're patient and you're kind and you're and you're compassionate and that uh, and you gave them a way out. You've given us a way out, Father. You've given us your son. That all we have to do is look upon him, honor him, glorify him, and be obedient to him, and and you will save us. And we thank you so much for that. Father, it is, the, it is the foundation of your plan of salvation, the gospel, the good news about your son being our Savior. And thank you for him, Father. Bless us as we move forward. Give us courage to follow him as we, as we live this life. And it's in his name that we pray. Amen. Amen.